about those bills? I gave up on them. You didn't give up on them, did you, Rick? No way. Oh, Lord, would you bless us with your word this morning? Would you uh, help us be very aware of your presence in our midst today? And do your work in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this has been, uh, this last year was quite a year. When people mentioned 2020 in the future, we will all have memories of COVID and masks and church attendance going down, attend no parties and, you know, no events that we can go to publicly, sports, school has been affected. And this morning I want to talk about, we planned this series several weeks ago was uh, Jared's idea on the State of the Union, and one of the things that we need to talk about is fear. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord, and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. So I want to ask you the question, have you? Have you sought Him with regard to your fears, and has He? Has he delivered you from all your fears? Uh, hard as it is to imagine now, at one point in my life, I thought I was going to be a counselor. Uh, I prefer one-way communication over two-way communication. So that wasn't really for me, but I took about all the psychology classes you can take and... and uh, studied social work and all that in order to be a counselor and decided that wasn't for me. But I want to present the message today kind of like a counselor giving advice and asking questions. Mark 4, beginning verse 35, says this, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. That is the other, other side of the Sea of Galilee. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care? Notice those words, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet. Be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So it, it might seem unusual to you that you'd begin a counseling session with reading of a scripture, but I think it'll be helpful for us. And the first question I want to ask you today is, why are you afraid? Excuse me, what are you afraid of? I looked again, just to refresh my memory about all the different kinds of fears. There are literally thousands. I jotted down just a few that I thought you'd enjoy. The fear of bathing. <laughs> Some people have that. Do you know those people who have a fear of bathing? The fear of fresh air. 
fear of crossing roads, fear of garlic. Sometimes you wish somebody would be more afraid of garlic. The fear of other people's opinions. Most of us have that fear, don't we? Uh, the fear of being watched by ducks. It's an actual, actual fear. And the one you've all heard of is the fear of peanut butter being stuck to the roof of your mouth. The fear of flowers. I don't know why you'd be afraid of flowers. The fear of emitting vile odors. <laughs> I wish my dog had that fear. <laughs> you probably wish your teenage kids had that fear too. And uh, here's one of my favorites, the fear of chickens. Get it? Fear of chickens. <laughs> I thought that was, a, that was a good one. So you've heard this story probably many times. Jesus was in the, in the stern of the boat laying on a cushion. The storm came up. This isn't just your ordinary storm. The Sea of Galilee, even today, is noted for violent, violent storms. I went on a, on a cruise one time and I was a little, a little afraid of getting seasick. And a storm or two came up and I didn't, but it was interesting. The only place you could feel the motion of the boat was in the bathroom. It was a little tiny cubicle bathroom. And you'd go in the bathroom and stand there brushing your teeth or getting a drink of water or whatever. And you could, just, you could feel the boat kind of leaning like this. It's the only place you could feel it. But in this case, the, there's an elevation drop of six or 700 feet. I think I'm going to sneeze in a minute, and I'm going to have to... You better cover your ears. <laughs> Am I going to be okay, Arnie? Okay. There's an elevation drop of about 700 feet from the Mediterranean down to the floor of... Uh, the valley, and, the, and there's a, in the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee, there's a, there's a canyon that comes down from Nazareth down to the Sea of Galilee. And so that elevation drop and the temperature drop creates this, this vacuum. Horrible storms just come up almost instantly on the Sea of Galilee. And it, it would have been interesting to be in the boat to me. Because here are the disciples, they're used to storms. They've, they're fishermen, they've been in storms all their life. Jesus is in the boat, which should be noted as something remarkable. The storm comes up, and they panic and think they're going to go under. And they wake Jesus up and say, Jesus, don't you, don't you care about what's happening here? And Jesus woke up and said, be still. So the question is, why, why are we so afraid? What's the problem? Why, Jesus wondered, why are you so afraid? I'm in the boat. Why are you so afraid? What are you, what are you afraid of? Probably all of us have some fears. Maybe a fear of the economy, maybe a fear of the politics of our nation, maybe the fear of your financial situation, a fear because of COVID, maybe a fear for your health, a fear for your child. There's so many things to be afraid of, aren't there? The second question is, why are you so afraid? Why are you afraid? I've told you before, I went to a, a, 
a paid friend. I paid a friend to talk to me for a few weeks. And uh, one of the things we talked about was, what are you afraid of? Why are you so afraid? In our, in our time, it, it seems obvious there are lots of things that we can be afraid of. In North Korea, especially right now, we're changing presidents, changing administrations, and we don't know. Uh, but the Chinese know, the North Koreans know, Russia knows. They know President Trump, they know President Biden, they know how they tend to respond to things. And so when there's kind of an iffy situation, it's, it's like, well, of course we'd be a little bit afraid. We'd at least be nervous. Last week, got to golf in January, last week I was golfing with a man and he told me about a woman, uh, his daughter teaches in one of the schools. And a woman wrote a note uh, for her children and said, my children will not be coming to school because I'm afraid there's going to be a riot. Terrible things are going to happen and I want my kids to be close to me when, when it happens. And I, I was thinking, gosh, that's, that seems like a silly, unwarranted fear. But it was obviously very, very real to her. I sat and thought this week of things that, times that I've been afraid. And I'm asking you to think about times that you've been afraid. Maybe you are afraid right now. One of them for me, I think I've mentioned before, flying from Los Angeles to Palm Springs, which is just a very short flight, 20, 25 minutes. But the, there's a range of mountains to the east of Los Angeles. And when you go over those mountains and start to go down into Palm Springs, Golly, in a small plane, it's just ferocious. The bumping, it was like a roller coaster. And I was afraid. There was a little boy in the plane who thought it was great. He thought it was like a carnival ride. <laughs> then the next day, or the next night, I should say, in the middle of the night while I was in Palm Springs, there was an earthquake. It woke me up in the middle of the night. Afraid about a couple of things. I've told you about a situation when I was in Hawaii where we went out into the ocean in, in uh, I forget what they call them, but they're boats that have a kind of a float on the side of them. They showed us how to turn them back over in case they capsized. I wish I'd have paid closer attention because we capsized three times. And man, by the time we were that third time, I was using words I shouldn't have used describing how tired of that situation I was. I actually had to be helped back into the boat. I was so exhausted. So why are you afraid? Be honest with yourself right now. Just bring to mind something that you're afraid of and ask yourself, why are you afraid? How does that reflect on where Jesus is, who he is, how you're related to him? The third question is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? So fill in the blank there. It says, remember, I've said this multiple times in recent weeks, remember, wherever you are, he is. It's interesting to me that in, the, in this time of testing that Jesus was asleep. 
He was there, but he's not paying attention, which should give us a lot of information. He's quiet. It's interesting, when you take a test in school, the teacher asks for absolute quiet. So it shouldn't be surprising to us that in the midst of a storm, it would be quiet. Jesus would be quiet. We always wonder, where are you? What's, what's happening? And we need to remember the words where Jesus says, I am with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you really live like Jesus is present? I had an interesting experience uh, a week ago last night. Uh, never had anything happen like this to me before, but I was, I was sitting, I was just actually watching television. And over to the right of the television set, this, this sounds crazy, I don't, I don't have words to describe it, but I knew that Jesus was right there. I couldn't see him, but I could almost see him. I had a similar experience with an angel a number of years ago where I knew there was this presence. I couldn't see it, but I knew it was there. And it was like, Lord, I don't want that to go away. And I was very humbled by it. It changed my perspective on several things going on in my life. Just that presence. There was something majestic Something very humbling about that. Oh, that we could live that way. If I say to you this morning, he's here, you'd say, well, of course he's here. No, he's here. <laughs> do, you, do you think like he's here? Do you live like he is here? Do you live like he is watching you, supporting you, encouraging you? Are you aware of his presence or, or are you like so many people just kind of living it on your own and knowing intellectually that he's here but not really knowing the reality of that? Isaiah said, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's the Lord speaking. Not only is he present, but he's there to help. One of my life verses is, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. But For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And then Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be encouraged. Why would we be afraid when we believe that God is with us and he will never leave us or forsake us? We know something the world doesn't know. I thought about times that I was afraid. I remembered when I was in the third grade. I'd like to go back and visit this place now just to see. Uh, I probably remember it inaccurately in terms of distance, but... We lived in Klamath Falls, Oregon, up on, on the side of this hill in town. And I don't remember why. I think I'd been at, at Cub Scouts or something, and I came home, and my mom and dad weren't home. And it was Wednesday night, so I knew for sure where they would be, but I couldn't understand why they left without me. 
So I'm third grader now, and it's not, it's wintertime, it's dark. And I know where my parents are, but it's, if my memory serves me right, it's probably five miles uh, into downtown Klamath Falls. So I started off in the dark, and I remember being terrified all the way. I didn't want to be alone. And not wanting to be alone motivated me to walk five miles. And when I walked into the church and my parents were there, they were shocked. What are you, what are you doing here? And I was shocked that they weren't home. <laughs> of course I'd want to be here. But what motivated me was I didn't want to be alone. Oh, Lord, that I could live my life like that. That I'm never alone. So what are you going to do about your fear? Number one, remember wherever you are, he is. Secondly, remember to keep your eyes on him. Hebrews 12.2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So wherever you are, whatever kind of a storm you're going through, he's in the boat. He's calm. (laughs) He was asleep. He's calm. So keep your eyes on him. And second, and thirdly, remember, he does care. It's, it's uh, very unsettling to be around someone who's indifferent. It's quite another thing to be around someone who really cares. Listen to these words. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Many times I've thought about that verse when I was in the midst of a trial. You said, this wasn't going to overwhelm me, Lord. It's a storm, but it's not going to overwhelm me. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God. You are precious and honored in my sight because I love you. So, I'm, I'm picturing a particular lifeguard in my mind. You've been in a swimming pool where there's a lifeguard and they usually sit up in a chair or they stand by the pool. Can you imagine a life, lifeguard who is standing by the pool and someone is in trouble, someone is drowning, and they're indifferent? They just stand there. That's you when you're afraid. That's me when I'm afraid. It's as though we believe that God is indifferent. Someone that I love very much uh, doesn't believe that God is involved in our everyday lives. Believes in God, believes he's saved, but he's got bigger things than me to worry about. He's indifferent. And everything in Scripture goes against that. And fourthly, remember, you can trust Him. I've used an illustration of trust a couple of times because it's, it's uh, the, the biggest trust issue, I think, that I've probably ever faced. Someone, I wish I'd have taken a picture of it, somebody handed me a check for a million dollars one day. And doggone it, I didn't go down and copy it in the copy machine. Another person gave me 750, not me, gave the Lord, gave the church 
when you put your offering in the offering, maybe it's, maybe it's a lot, maybe it's just a little bit. But would you put that in? Would you give that to someone you didn't trust? Oh, I don't think they'll use this wisely. Or I, I, I don't know if I can trust them with it. Maybe they'll use it on themselves. You wouldn't give your offering to someone like that. We can trust God. So I, I, I tried to think of an illustration for this. So, Allie, are you a trusting person? Yes. Okay. Daniel, would you come up here for just a second, please? I'm not. Hmm? <laughs> this is my grandson. He, you can trust him. He's a big dude. He, he can almost out-wrestle me. <laughs> no, I don't want to wrestle. Come up here. Okay, I want you to stand right here. I'm going to turn around like this. I want you to close your eyes. Don't bend your knees. Just fall backwards. <laughs> that takes trust, doesn't it? But he was trustworthy. That's what trust is. Thanks, Daniel. Is that we, if he doesn't save us, nothing will. If Daniel doesn't catch Allie, she's in trouble. But he's trustworthy. He's not indifferent. So let me ask you again, why are you afraid? You're afraid because you don't trust him. So maybe in your mind's eye, you need to just close your eyes and completely put your trust in Him. Lord, I trust you. There's some songs that are sung sometimes where they say things like, He will never disappoint you. I, I, hate, I hate those words in a song. He will disappoint you. Not because of who he is, but because <laughs> you have the wrong perceptions of things. I want this, and I didn't get that, and he disappointed me. I told someone recently when they were talking about unanswered prayer, I said, well, if God answered all your prayers, that would make you God, wouldn't it? Of course he doesn't answer all our prayers, thankfully. If he answered the prayers of everybody in this room... He'd be really confused and the world would be really confusing because we pray for so many different kinds of things. There are people in China today praying about things that you don't want answered. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I trust. I will not be afraid. Trust, trust, trust. Notice that we're in there. Trust. In God I trust. I will trust in you. And Proverbs 3, beginning verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust involves... Trust in God even when it doesn't seem like things are happening the way you think they should or he doesn't answer a prayer that you thought should be answered. If you trust him, he knows the right answer. I may have mentioned flying, I used to fly in a small airplane a lot. 
And uh, in fact, it was in, in, in one of your planes. And uh, I was on my way to Cheyenne by myself. Pilot was in the front, I was in the back. It was a King Air. And it was a beautiful spring day. And we got, oh, probably into Wyoming a ways, and there was turbulence like I had never experienced in my life before. And it didn't look like, you know, a nice, calm day. But, man, the turbulence, that plane was just slamming and slamming and slamming, jerking back and forth. You know what I did? I kept my eyes on the pilot. I watched him, and I thought to myself, if he's not afraid, I'm not afraid. I'm going to keep my eyes on him. When we landed, I asked him, I said, is that the worst flight you've ever been, been in? He said, no, he said, it's the worst one this year, but he said, not the worst flight I've ever been in, but it was pretty rough, wasn't it? And I told him about keeping my eyes on him. I said, if you, if you looked like you were in trouble, I'd have been in trouble. So let me ask you this morning, are your eyes on Jesus? What are you afraid of? Why are you so afraid? Will you trust him? Are your eyes on him? Do you trust him? Bow your heads with me if you would for just a moment. Lord, this morning, that picture of Ali saying, oh my, and then just leaning back. Lord, she put her trust in Daniel. And Lord, as clearly as that, I pray that every person in this room this morning would put their trust in you. Whatever they're worried about, whatever they're fearful of, Lord, let them rest in you. We know you're not indifferent. It sure seems quiet sometimes, but we know you're not indifferent. And so, Lord, today we, we just lean back and put all of our trust in you. I pray for every person in this room, Lord. Financial pressures, family pressures, health pressures, relational pressures, whatever it is. Lord, help us keep our eyes on you and trust you. I also want to ask this morning if there's anyone here today who has not yet put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm not asking if you believe in God. Most people do, but I'm asking you, have you put your trust in Him? Have you, have you declared to Him, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I know you can live my life better than I can, so I want to put my trust and my faith in you. I want to acknowledge that you are the Lord of all, that you died for my sins. And you're waiting for me to ask for forgiveness. If you haven't done that, would you just right now, just under your breath, just whisper, Lord, I put my trust in you today. Those of you who may be afraid of something, just under your breath, Lord, I put my trust in you today. If, if somebody this morning for the first time acknowledged that you want to put your faith in Jesus Christ, would you just, nobody else looking around but me, but just lift up your head, lift up your hand, I won't embarrass you. I just want to acknowledge you. Yes, I see you. God bless you. May the Lord bless you with his presence. May you know his grace and your presence in your life today. Anybody else? 
Yes, I see you, sweetheart. God bless you. Lord, this little one, this little one putting her faith and her trust in you today, Lord, would you overwhelm her with your presence? Would you surround her with your grace, Lord? Protect her from all evil and help her walk a righteous and good life for you. You have a plan and a purpose for her life. May she experience that, Lord. We love you and give you thanks in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.